Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nourish Eat Repeat. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, registered dietitian. And I am so excited about today's episode. I am so excited because Thanksgiving is right around the corner. And I don't know about you, but Thanksgiving is my absolute most favorite food holiday. Hands down. No question. No arguing. I love Thanksgiving meal. I love carbs. I love desserts. I love family. I love the memories that have always been created around the table. I love everything about Thanksgiving. And I love that it is a time where we can reflect and be grateful for all the things we have and for all the people around the table. Um, But I'm going to be honest, I love the food. The food is amazing. Now, some of you know that I grew up in Lancaster County. I think I mentioned that in the very earlier episodes of, um, of this podcast. But when you grow up in Lancaster County, like we are Pennsylvania Dutch connoisseurs, if you will. Like we like our meat and our potatoes and our vegetable. We like our starches. And so Thanksgiving is just a culmination of it all. And so I thought today it would be a good idea to talk about how do we do a healthier Thanksgiving. Now, for some people, they hear the word Thanksgiving and healthy, and they're like, uh, those words do not even go together. Like, I want to go big or go home. I want it all. I don't want to think about my diet. I don't want to think about being healthy or restricting myself. I just want to eat all the food. Leave me alone. And if that's you, okay. But for some of you, you're like, all right, I enjoy the holiday, but if there are opportunities where I can lighten some things up or create more balance or just add a little bit more health into the day, I'd be open to that too. So if that is you, I'm talking to you today. And so my goal is to never preach to you or make you feel bad about your choices But I will tell you this, I will never, ever ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And guess what? I'm not willing to forgo some of my favorites on Thanksgiving. So I'm not going to ask you to do that either, right? We need to enjoy life. And part of that is enjoying the foods we eat. Now, there comes a little bit of responsibility with our diets, but Again, I will never ask you to do something I wouldn't be willing to do myself. And I want certain foods on Thanksgiving. 
So I thought today, like I said, we're going to talk about how can we incorporate health into our meal plan on that specific day, or how can we create healthier habits on that day so we can feel really good about our decisions and we can feel really good about ourselves and maybe not be too overstuffed, right? Maybe a little stuffed, but not too overstuffed. So today I'm going to give you five tips and we're going to go through them and we're just going to have a conversation. So tip number one is make sure that you absolutely eat breakfast. Now I know what you're thinking. So many people are like, oh, I'm going to be eating so many calories later in the day. I want to make sure that um, I save all my calories for the meal. I get it. I get where you're coming from. However, when you go into a meal starving, you are going to overeat. And if your goal is to be a little bit healthier this Thanksgiving, then we can't go into the meal starving. It's not going to work out in your favor. And then you're going to get frustrated and upset with yourself when you overeat. And I don't want you to feel guilty, right? There's no shame in this. There's no guilt. We want to feel confident in our decisions. And so step number one is make sure you eat a good breakfast like you normally would. Maybe you want to go heavier in protein for breakfast because you're going to be having so many carbs later in the day. That's up to you. I typically eat a high protein breakfast. I always eat eggs or Greek yogurt because that's how I feel my best first thing in the morning. I want to have a lot of energy. I always pair that with some fruit so that I get my vitamins, my minerals. But again, big mistake is going into a meal starving it's not going to end well. You're going to overeat. Now, depending on the time of your meal, you may want to eat lunch as well. I know sometimes my family eats around like one or two o'clock, so we might do an early breakfast and then maybe a snack late morning just so that um, we're not too hungry going into the meal. But it depends on what time your dinner is going to be served. And so absolutely make sure you're eating a good breakfast and you may even want to make sure you're getting a good lunch on top of that. So we know that our body metabolizes food differently at different times of day. And so I don't want you to be worried about overeating calories that day because you ate breakfast. You're going to burn them off. You're going to be moving hopefully. And so take my word for for it. I need you to eat breakfast. All right, tip number two, be active. Guys, I know you have heard this before, but this is the day where you want to move your body. And whether that's moving your body earlier in the day, like maybe going for a walk. Um, I know there's a ton of 5Ks usually on Thanksgiving morning. But if you're not in the racing Scene, you can absolutely just go for a walk or go do a workout earlier in the day. Just get your blood moving, get your get your circulatory up and running system up and running, get your muscles moving. You're gonna feel so much better. And then on top of that, maybe go for a walk after your meal. It's gonna help with digestion. It's gonna make you feel better and not so full and so bloated, especially if you overeat at your meal. So I want you to think about being active early in the day when maybe you have a little bit of time to devote to activity and then absolutely after your meal. And again, I'm not saying you have to go for a 10-mile run, 
just a couple walks around the block will do. But you'll notice that you feel so much better the more active you are. And again, it just lends to a healthier day. So many times when we overeat or we tell ourselves, you know, we're not going to follow the rules this day, and then we miss a day of being healthy, that can snowball into two days, into four days, into two weeks, four months, or whatever. Or it starts with, oh, I already blew my diet, so I'm just going to wait until January 1st. That's typically what I hear all the time. But if you continue to do some healthy habits, you continue to have a good healthy breakfast, you continue to exercise, then that all or nothing mentality doesn't even make sense because you still did some great things and we want to celebrate that. And it may just be the mindset shift you need to keep going and not throw in the towel until January 1st. All right. So guys, I need you to be active so you feel your best. All right, tip number three, lighten up where you can. So here's the deal. People love to do the all or nothing mindset. I'm either going to cook everything I can think of and as unhealthy as I can, or uh, we need to do everything vegan or everything vegetarian and everything low fat, low carb, low everything. know if that's true. I think there can be a blend of both. We want to make sure we're enjoying some of our favorites, but if there's opportunities to lighten them up, by all means, take it. You don't need to use maybe the heavy whipping cream. Maybe you can just use regular milk instead. You don't need to use all the salt. You don't need to use all the butter. You don't need to use all the sugar. A lot of times these recipes over season and, you know, have way too much butter, way too much salt, way too much sugar in them, and it's not necessary. And just reducing by a quarter to a half really doesn't alter the taste that much. And so I want you to find a balance of both. Yes, technically, carbohydrates are the star of the show on Thanksgiving. But what if you had just as many vegetables on your table as you do carbohydrates? or I should say starches, right? You know, typically the starches you think of are sweet potatoes and mashed potatoes and what else are we, am I missing? Stuffing and corn and rolls and what else? Oh my goodness, I know there's more. Sometimes my mom makes lima beans, um, but we just have lots and lots of heavy carbs. Oh, you know what? Often, what I hear when I counsel clients around a Thanksgiving meal, macaroni and cheese. So many people have macaroni and cheese on Thanksgiving. And maybe it's just, again, because I grew up in Lancaster County, so that's not typically a dish that I associate with Thanksgiving. But in my head, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we have so many carbs already. Why do we need to add in macaroni and cheese to the mix? And so we just add so many starches to the day, which taste good. Of course they do, but they also can leave us feeling really full and um, really tired afterwards. And then when it comes to the vegetable, I don't know, maybe green beans, but then if you throw in all that cream and mushroom soup and almonds, um, you know, to make that, whatever that dish is with the onions, um, 
as you can tell, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Just personally, I don't enjoy the taste of it. Um, but when you load it up with all those extra fat and all those extra calories, it's not really a vegetable anymore. But imagine if you had as many vegetables on your table as you did starches. Wouldn't that be a great balance? I think so. So I want you to think about, can you lighten up some, some of your dishes? Can you cut down on the fat? Can you cut down on the salt? Um, can you add more variety? Can you add more color? You know, the beauty of the Thanksgiving meal is when we have all those deep, rich, dark colors, uh, the greens and the oranges and the yellows. Um, that's, that's one of my favorite parts with just even how visually appealing the, the meal can be. I remember one time I was counseling a, a girl and she told me that at her Thanksgiving table, they, I don't know if it, she didn't make them. Her mom ordered the dinner rolls from Texas Roadhouse. Oh my goodness. Have you ever had the rolls from Texas Roadhouse with the cinnamon butter or the honey butter, whatever it is. It's just amazing. I could just eat that whole basket all day long, but obviously that's not healthy. But here's the thing. Like, it's almost like the mac and cheese. It's like, let's see how many dishes we can put on the table that have the highest fat content, the highest carbohydrate content. Um, and there's no balance. So if you tend to think, go big or go home, let me get every single rich recipe I own and put it on the Thanksgiving meal. I want you to just take a second and think, do I need to go all out in every single area? Are there ways I can create balance? Can I add more vegetables? Can I add more color? So that's your third tip is look for ways that you can lighten up certain recipes, not necessarily every recipe, but to create balance to your plate. So you have a combination of some richer foods along with some lighter, healthier foods. All right, tip number four is create a plan. What do you want on your plate? Like if I asked you, what are your Thanksgiving food non-negotiables? What needs to be on your plate? So for me, that answer is turkey, sweet potatoes, and stuffing. And as long as those three items are on my plate, I could care less about anything else. Yes, I love green beans or Brussels sprouts or carrots. Um, of course, I love all them, and they absolutely have a place on my plate. But when I think Thanksgiving, I think turkey, sweet potatoes, stuffing. And so I want to ask you the same thing. What are your non-negotiables? What needs to be on your plate so you feel like you have had a great Thanksgiving dinner? I remember one time I was counseling a client and he came into the office a week after Thanksgiving and he's like, Adrian, you are going to be so proud of me. All I ate for Thanksgiving was turkey and green beans. And I looked at him and I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, wait a second. You don't look happy. You don't look proud of me. I was like, well, no, it's, it's not that I'm not proud of you. I just... I don't know. That kind of seems sad to me. It's like, what are you talking about? I did like the perfect meal. I'm like, well, according to who? Like, 
I don't know, didn't you want a little bit of sweet potatoes? Didn't you want a little bit of something else besides turkey and green beans? He's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I basically said no to everything because I thought it would make you happy. I'm like, that's not the point of this. Then we're doing this wrong if your goal is to make me happy. The goal is to make you happy and to help you feel your best. And so Thanksgiving was kind of rough for him that year. Like, he didn't get to eat what he wanted. He felt cheated. He felt resentful. Let's not do that. What are your non-negotiables? What needs to be on your plate so that you feel like you've had a great Thanksgiving? And then are there opportunities for you to pass on some of the other stuff? For example, I told you, turkey, sweet potatoes, stuffing. Those are the three things that I want on my plate. Do I like corn? Sure, I love corn. Who doesn't like corn? Does it scream Thanksgiving to me? Not really. So that's an easy pass. Dinner rolls. Huh, I love a good dinner roll. I told you, I love carbs. Does dinner rolls scream Thanksgiving to me? No. Sure. I mean, they're nice. I like them. But if it's between dinner rolls and an extra helping of stuffing, you better believe I'm taking the stuffing. And so make sure you have foods on your plate that you really want. And maybe there's opportunities to pass on other things that are just okay. You know, one of the habits that I've done over the past couple years is I make corn the night before Thanksgiving. I make it for dinner the night before. That way, when I get to the Thanksgiving table and if there's corn on the table, it's an easy pass because I just had it last night. I don't need more corn. I just had it. So look for opportunities to create a plan beforehand, not when you get to the table. That's too late. But think about what are your non-negotiables? What do you want to feel satisfied emotionally, physically with your plate and go with it? And if there are those things that are just okay that you could kind of take or leave, you know, maybe make them the night before or the week before or just, you know, pass them by in favor of what you do want and then make sure you're absolutely loading your plate up with lots of colorful vegetables on the side to balance out you know, balance out the nutrients, the calories, and just have a healthier plate. So that's tip number four. And finally, tip number five is savor. This should be easy, right? Because we love Thanksgiving foods, or at least I love Thanksgiving foods. But so often we rush through our meal. We don't take our time. We just shove it all in because there's so many options at our fingertips and we want it all. And depending on where you're going to eat, there may not be a lot of your favorites. And so you tend to just take as much as you can to make sure that you get as much as you can. I know uh, having a family of seven, sometimes I see that in my, in my own family, just on a regular Tuesday. It doesn't even have to be Thanksgiving. You know, I try not to over prepare foods because we don't want to have food waste. Um, But when there's seven people and three of those boys are, you know, growing, one's almost a teenager, but the other two are teenage boys. My goodness, can they eat? And so I even noticed some of the younger kids taking bigger portions because they know if they wait too long, the older ones are going to eat it. And so I need you to savor though. I need you to take your time. I need you to put your fork down. You may need to close your eyes 
I was reading an article once that said, you don't kiss with your eyes open, that would ruin the experience. So why eat with your eyes open? Okay, yeah, maybe for some of you that would enhance your experience. It would allow you to be more mindful. It would allow you to be more connected to your dish. Move the food around in your mouth. Utilize all those taste buds. For so many of us, we say we love food so much, but then we inhale it. And the food spends more time in our stomach than it does in our mouth. And that's where the taste buds are. The food absolutely needs to spend more time in your mouth than it does in your stomach. Take smaller bites. Chew more thoroughly. You can even eat with your non-dominant hand if you want. That slows people down a third. That's pretty significant. But any way you can, slow down so you can enjoy what you're eating. For so many of us, we only make these dishes one time a year. We wait all year round to have this special dish. And that, you know, obviously adds to the specialness of it. But when we do finally get in contact with it, we tend to go crazy because we haven't had it for a whole year. And so that might even be another tip. Make some of these foods other times of the years so you don't feel so out of control that one day of the year. Just an idea. All right, but I need you to enjoy what you're eating and I need you to take your time and actually taste every single bite. All right, so those are your five tips. Make sure you eat breakfast, be active, lighten up when you can, create your plan, and savor. Now, I figured five tips is good, right? Everybody likes a nice number five. All five fingers, one hand, but you know what? I'm in a generous mood, so I'm going to give you two bonus tips. If you struggle with picking after the meal is over, and if you could see me now, I am raising my hand. That's me. I always pick after a meal. I'm trying really, really hard to work on it. But if that is you as well, I need you to get your hands in some dishwater. I need you to do some dishes because you're not going to pick if your hands are all full of soap. So if you tend to pick, if you're the person that always gets stuck putting leftovers away and you end up overeating even more, after your, your plate is over with and now you're picking at leftovers afterwards or if your family tends to congregate around the table and just sit there and talk and everyone just keeps picking, I need you to volunteer to do dishes, which will make your host very happy. Or if you are hosting, it will at least get the dishes out of the way. But I need you to get your hands in soapy water so you're not picking. So that's, enough. that's one of your bonus tips. And then your second bonus tip is wear dress pants or wear non-stretchy jeans. Do you guys remember that Friends episode where Joey wore Phoebe's maternity pants to Thanksgiving? Yeah. We own way too many leggings. We own way too many jeans that have, you know, that elastic stretchiness material in them. And I'm not saying to wear dress pants to make you uncomfortable but I will tell you this, when you wear pants like with a button and a zipper and no elastic, it definitely helps you stay more in tune with your fullness cues a lot faster than if you were wearing, you know, leggings with an elastic band. So 
One of the things I always like to talk about with my clients is honoring hunger signals, but also honoring fullness signals. And so wearing pants that fit you and not tight pants to begin with, but wearing pants with a button and a zipper and no elastic in them will absolutely help you stay in tune with those fullness cues and help you identify them much sooner than if you wore elastic. All right. So guys, those are your tips. Um, For this week, I wanted to share a recipe that was actually passed down from my family. Um, One of my favorite dishes, I've told you this like 30 times now, is stuffing. But in Lancaster County, we call it filling. I don't know if you've ever heard of that expression before. And my grandma made the best filling ever. Now my dad has the same recipe that she does, but I swear up and down hers is better. And he gets so angry at me because he's like, it's the same recipe. I was like, well, grandma just did it better. And I don't know, dad, if you're listening to this, you probably make it just the same, but I'm never going to tell you that. So anyway, I'm going to share with you this mashed potato filling recipe because guys, it is mashed potatoes in a bread stuffing. Is your mind blown right now? Mashed potatoes and stuffing combined into one. It's like the perfect dish. Now, I'm going to share with you ways to lighten it up. um, Because again, this is one of those recipes that has such a nostalgic and heavy memory filled experience for me. So I don't want to necessarily change all of it because then that would just ruin the experience. But there are definite ways where you can lighten it up. So the recipe calls for a half a cup of butter. We're just going to cut that in half right away. So we're going to need a quarter cup of butter, a half a cup of chopped celery, two tablespoons of chopped onion. We need one small loaf of soft bread. And you're going to cube that up. Now, typically, my family always uses white bread to make this. But a way that you can make it healthier is to get soft whole wheat bread. If you're going to try to use like the grainy bread, like a Dave's Killer bread, it's not going to work for this recipe. But you can get 100% soft whole wheat and it will work very well. So you're going to need one small loaf of a soft whole wheat bread and you're going to cube that up. A pinch of saffron. Now saffron can be expensive, so you're only using a tiny bit. If you want to skip this step, by all means go for it. A half a cup of boiling water three small eggs beaten, one cup of low-fat milk, one teaspoon of salt, and two cups of mashed potatoes. So in this recipe, I already told you we're going to lighten up the butter, and then I've taken the liberty already to decrease the sodium in it. So the recipe initially called for one and a half teaspoons. I'm lowering it to one. So just like that, again, you can cut out a third of the salt And I promise you, you're not going to miss it. All right. Step one is you're going to melt your butter in a pan and you're going to add your celery and onion and you're going to cook until those vegetables are really tender. So about 20 minutes or so. And then you're going to pour that mixture over your bread cubes and you're going to mix well. And when I say mix well, like get your hands in there. Almost like you're making a meatloaf. Really spread those vegetables around over the butter. Then if you are going to use the saffron, you're going to combine the saffron and the boiling water. 
and you're going to add that to the bread and again mix well. After that, you're going to add in your remaining ingredients. So your eggs, your milk, your salt, and your mashed potatoes. And again, keep mixing well after each addition. The finished product is going to be very wet, and that's okay. So don't let that scare you. After you're done mixing it, you're going to grease two casserole dishes. So you can use like a Pam cooking spray for that. And you're going to put the mashed potato filling into those casserole dishes. And you're going to bake at 350 degrees for about 45 minutes. And so that is the recipe I'm sharing with you this week. It's not like a typical overly healthy recipe. But I want to show you that you can still enjoy some of your family favorites, some of your traditions. And there's just ways you can lighten it up. Instead of three small eggs, you could probably get away with two large eggs, and that would work just fine. Now, I know for our Thanksgiving dinner, we're going to take potato filling, and we're going to take sweet potatoes and turkey, and we're going to balance that out with a ton of vegetables with lots of color because I want to have a full plate. I want to have a full table. I want to have full bellies, and I want to have a full hearts around that table. And so that is just how we do Thanksgiving. But guys, I would love to talk to you more about ways to make your Thanksgiving healthier too. And so if you would love to chat with a dietitian and get some feedback, we would, we would just love to be that resource for you. So if you have any questions at all, or you want to set up an appointment with a dietitian, all you need to do is go to bodymetricspa.com. Dot com, And you could schedule an appointment online with any of the amazing dietitians that we have on staff. Seriously, our staff has never been more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fabulous. Like we just have such a great talented staff. I am so thankful and so privileged to work with such great, amazing women. And um, you can't go wrong with whoever you schedule an appointment with. But if you have a specific health concern or a medical concern or you're looking for weight management or any of that stuff, we are here to help you. And we can't wait to walk alongside of you and help you on your own journey to be healthy. So thank you so much for listening this week. Guys, I hope you have a fabulous Thanksgiving and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.